A while ago, I did a series, and it was on cowards and champions. And we looked at the need for people to rise up and to be courageous. Courage is something that is taught all through the Bible. In, in all of the Old Testament stories, you can see this infusion and someone rising up. And the Bible tells the stories of men and women who found and walked in this courage. We often, when we look at one another, amongst us men anyway, you know, we'll use terms like, be a man, or man up. But you know, there are men that have talked to me and said, I actually don't know what that means other than just to be strong, but I didn't have a dad, or, you know, I had a dad that was abusive, and when you talk about the father's love, I don't know what that means. I was never loved by a father, etc. And so today, I want to talk to you about how, how to develop courage. You're not just born with it or not born with it. You're not either a courageous person or not a courageous person. But everybody feels the same push of fear. Everyone feels the same sense of darkness because behind everything negative is the enemy. John 10, 10 says he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But when we're going through storms, like, how do we do that? I remember a lady in my father's church where we pastored in Selkirk and I remember seeing this older grandma. She walked, you could tell that she had arthritis in her legs, or her hips, her back. She moved very slowly, painfully. And I remember seeing for the first time when she came to church and the kids that she had with her, I thought that's kind of nice, a grandma is bringing her grandkids. But as we got to know her Sunday after Sunday, her daughter pretty much abandoned her kids out partying, drinking, sleeping in, didn't seem to care. And so this grandma had to take on mothering these kids. She, they lived with her. She got up in the morning and made them breakfast. She walked them to school, made their lunches, picked them up after school. At an age where someone should have been loving on her and her kids should have been blessing her, she had no one and she had to get up and do this. And I remember year after year watching her, you know, raise these grandkids, you know, as like, like a mom would, and the pain and the tiredness, but her pushing through it. And I remember thinking through that this is what courage looks like. When you think about courage and a hero, you often think about the guy that breaks through the house and jumps through the flames and rescues the kids. And that absolutely is. Or that person who dives into a river off of a bridge to his own hurt to save somebody who's drowning. And that absolutely is. But one of the things that I have begun to recognize over the years is this courage to get up and push back the darkness and do what needs doing and bringing joy into situations that if you don't, 
nobody else will. And just watching this grandma, it impacted me in a powerful way. And it made me realize that courage is not just for the occasional emergency, but courage is necessary to take a marriage to where it can go. Courage is necessary to model it for our children. Courage is necessary to model it for our grandkids. You are going to show your kids how to grow up, mature, how to live, and you're going to show them how to die and how to deal with death. Life takes courage. And so today, I want to just take this topic on for a few minutes about developing courage. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I want to spend the rest of my life with champions, heroes, overcomers, courageous men and women. Those are the people that will inspire you. Those are the people that together you can do great things with your life. And instead of living as safely as you can until you finally arrive on your deathbed and disappear, you begin to live with a sense of risk. Now, I don't mean gambling. That's different. I mean, you're never going to have a for sure thing. You're always, anytime that as a leader, whether it's in our television, uh, our churches, our schools, that as we begin to plan for the future, we will think and plan and, and learn and, and get consults from others. But there's always a certain amount of risk that says there is no guarantee. So let's get up and let's go. And as you get up and go with this courageous, you do what you can, you trust God for the rest, and you believe that on this journey of this, this moving into new territory, going into new seasons in your life, taking on things that you've never taken on before, it takes courage not just to start, but every moment of every day, I have found, and I prefer to stay and live in courage and to develop courage, not just to live in fear. And then when there's an emergency, look for that, whatever that is, that I, I, I need to be courageous. There's kind of a cool country western song by Leanne Womack. And it's called, I Hope You Dance. It's an older song. It's been around for a while. But it's got a, an amazing message. She talks about having faith, talks about believing. And she has this line that says, you know, when you have an opportunity to sit out or dance, I hope you dance. And I thought, that's a great line. If you've got a chance to sit out a new adventure or get up and have a go, get up and have a go. If you've got a chance to do nothing and be a part of the status quo that needs to be looked after or get up and be a part of bringing change to people's lives, bringing the gospel to people who can go into eternity without Christ, I hope you get up and have a go. Don't accept this, the mediocrity of sitting in the boat. In Daniel chapter 11, in verse 32, it says here that the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. I love this verse 
Because when I feel like it's time to relax and just enjoy the fruits of our labor, when I feel like, ah, we've done enough, let's just cruise and retire, or whatever the thing is, I find that I go back to verses like this, to men and women in the Bible who changed nations, who made a decision to stand for truth to their own hurt, who were a part of, of reaching out to to people with God's love. And I, I want to do exploits my entire life. I want to be like Caleb, who says, I'm 80, now give me my mountain and let me get in there and take it out and take down the giants and own what God has promised me and what he's given me. That's what you do at 80. If you want to retire from your career and collect some money, go for it, but don't retire from serving God, from advancing, from doing great exploits. You just learn something by about retirement. And that's the time to get up and to encourage and to, and to be a part of this. In, in the Word of God, there's some stunning things, and I wanna, I'll, I'll give you some scriptures, and I'll see what I can get through here. The notes, by the way, are going to be on the app, and i probably got five times the notes that I'm going to be talking about. But we have been talking about faith over fear. It has been a, st a standing part of all of our teaching through the last year that you have fear and you have faith. Faith brings what you are imagining and thinking into existence. Fear brings what you are imagining and thinking into existence. You must recognize that there is no good application for fear. Don't use fear with your kids. It's not be careful climbing that tree, you're going to fall down and break your neck. Or like my grandma on one side always said, you know, wear clean underwear. You don't know if you're going to be in an accident. <laughs> People would just use fear. They would just drive this in. And there is no good application for fear. You can teach people to be wise and that's and that's what's needed to be wise to be circumspect to gauge to plan but fear is a, a, an area that allows the enemy to stay in your life if you do not deal with fear you live in the kingdom of the enemy where what you fear he begins to manifest in your life so it's crucial that we learn to work in faith now, there's an interesting verse in the Bible that says, Faith worketh by love. And I want to talk about this word love. Because most of us, especially us guys, I mean, growing up, I, I wasn't interested in any, any teaching in the Bible about love. But I devoured stuff on courage, the gifts of the Spirit, the miraculous, being a man of faith, being a champion, one of David's mighty men, leadership, and, and oh, I just ate that up. But I found that when I begin to advance in areas uh, of leadership or storms begin to blow or people begin to backstab you and, and talk about you and, and create problems that fear could grip my heart that, you know, are we going to lose everything we've built? What if people believe the lies? What if, what if? And I found that in the midst of battles, there are certain times I would begin to get fearful 
There are certain times that I would struggle to stay out of the cloud of anxiety. There were times when it was everything I could do to just get up every day and keep going because this anxiety seemed to own me. And I had to learn to break out of that. You know, one group told me to scream at the spirit of fear. I tried that. It worked for 35 seconds. Others would just say, man up, just be strong. Just And I, I wanted to, but I didn't seem to understand um, this ability to do that. I tried to find it somehow, but yet this anxiety could own me. And so I begin to dive into God's word and say, God, I can't continue to take on new territory in the church and new territory in television and, and our channels and new territory in school and then our, our, our family and all the other things that life brings. I need to figure out a way to walk in this constant courage, this constant sense of overcoming. And as I begin to study, this word love continued to come up that I would always just kind of read by and wouldn't care much about. But then I found, I recognize that if God is saying that, you know, what are the commandments to us? And you are, Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I thought, yeah, cool, that's nice. Love, 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 love. Let's all sing, you know, kumbaya, get around the fire and love each other. But there's something far greater here that we need to understand. When you're in the midst of a battle, when every nerve ending in your brain is screaming for help, when you just want to quit, when you just want to die and go to heaven, when you just wish someone would step in and take over because I'm done, you're weary in well-doing, what is it? that helps us to transition out of anxiety? What is it that causes us to get up and like the movies, walk into battle with a smile on your face and go and bring it on? And what I discovered was every time that I was dealing with anxiety, I was self-focused. I was looking at me. I was becoming selfish. Did you know that in seconds you could move from an outward-focused, purpose-living person into a self-focused, selfish, what's going to happen to me? What if I lose finances? If I lose the relationship? What if I lose my status? What if things don't go the way I want? And as you get self-focused, that is when you begin to walk out of love. Because love is the focusing out. When I was a kid, they taught us this song in Sunday school, and uh, it, it went, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, surely it must be. Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. And it, it, it is a recipe. I love many of the old courses that I learned in Sunday school, and I teach them to my grandkids now because they're so filled with God's Word. And they would rise up in my spirit at times when I'm going through something that 
song would rise up and go, yes, I'm focused on what if what we've built we lose? What if what we have goes away? What if the, the respect and someone actually convinces them? Like, you begin to do this worry, but it's because your eyes are focused on yourself. Now, you could, I don't know what you're afraid of, but let me show you. Uh, someone said to me, well, I am petrified of snakes. I could never handle them. And I said, you're wrong. And you need to stop confessing that and believing that. If I take your child and put them behind a poisonous snake, your fear of the child, uh, I'm sorry, of the snake, will be overrun by your love for the child. Love is a powerful force, and we've got to move it out of just romance and a warm feeling in my heart and a little bit of a fuzzy. Because like that grandma getting up every morning, what would make a grandma with crippling arthritis, knuckles swollen, and every movement of her fingers, sharp pain shooting up? But she, I'll tell you why. Because she loves her grandkids. Because this love that I want to give them a life, I've had my life, I want to raise these kids with the best opportunity they could have. This love drives away and it helps her to handle the pain and it helps her handle the worry and it helps her to not become anxious and worried. Why? Because love drives you into an incredible purpose and it keeps you walking and living in courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is what you do when you feel the fear. Nobody can go, I'm fearless. I never feel it, sense it, know it. I don't even believe the person that says that because we're all human. But I do believe this. You can develop courage. How do we do that? By developing love. I do not believe in falling in love. I would not marry a couple who both looked at me, they met last Wednesday, and said, we know we're here for each other, we fell in love. This is my soulmate. I'd say, talk to me in a year, and uh, I'll see what I can do. Because I know that if you fall in love, you can fall out of love. If one look, you fell in love, what if someone else walks into your world and you fall in love over there? So the, the Word of God teaches us, now this is very important, that love is something you develop. And as you develop your love, and I'm going to show you where and how, the Bible says that faith works by love. If you do not develop, and I'm not talking about love for your wife, I'm not talking about love for your kids, I'm not talking about love for, I'm talking about the love for God. He says, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. The answer to crippling fear is your focus. It has got to be where you literally decide, I can sit here worrying about the future, worrying about my money, my health, worrying about risk, worrying about, or I can get up and say, I refuse to live my life so safe that I'm Mr. Safe. 
and I'm just going to stay this way until I finally die. And when I die, every person I talk to on their deathbed, and I probably talk to more of them than most, they wished they could relive their life and take more risks. They wish they could have relived their life and gone for it when opportunities came. But we have this, just be safe and hang on to what you've got. And I want to challenge you that selfishness, self-centeredness absolutely plays a part. Now, I'm not saying in every time because there's other reasons for things like fear and anxiety that have to do with your physiology. I'm just talking, this is one thing we all must look out for. When crippling anxiety begins to push at you, get your eyes on God, recognize how much He loves you. And when you begin to recognize that, it, it does something to you. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, it teaches us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then it lists eight others. Well, why is love called a fruit? It's, it's a strength. It's God is love. It's because it shows you how love grows in your life. Now, love does not continue to grow just because the other person does loving things for you. Love is something that you must grow. You must develop love. There's something. And so when it comes to God, you've got to make a decision. Do I thank Him? Do I look in His Word and recognize that regardless of what happens on the planet, I'm going to spend eternity, a hundred years from today, my kids and I will be in heaven. Sally. Why? Because... We're going to be there, but we're going to be enjoying eternity. This God who prepared a way, this God who prepared a great life for us down here. The love is not a falling into love. It's something you must develop. Now listen to me. If you do not develop love, you will be at war all the time. You will find the enemy easily coming in and tempt. He's got no strength and he's got no power, but he'll tempt you to live in fear, stay in fear. And when you recognize that love gives me a purpose, like that grandma had a purpose to get up every day. I guarantee you she lived longer and she lived happier even though she was going through what she was because of her love. For her kids, gave, grandkids gave her this purpose. In Romans 5, 5, it says here that hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, within you, within your spirit man, is a stunning ability to love. And you'll notice when the Bible talks about dying to self, pick up your cross and follow me. It's not saying stay poor, stay sick, stay nobody. It's just meaning die to selfishness, die to self-centeredness, dying to your own uh, looking after yourself and get up and develop character, develop the nature of Christ. Yes, it'll cost you something. Did you know that people often say, well, Leon, I really want to raise my kids. How did you guys do it? You know, one of the things that we made sure of, and this is one of thought for someone right now, is that when you look at the nine strengths or the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, when it talks about love, when it talks about joy, when it talks about 
patience and kindness and long-suffering and self-control. These are the traits that you've got to help your kids to develop. If you don't, that is one of the areas that they will become unhappy and they will become weak because they've got to learn self-control. Joy. Some of your homes, do you have joy? Are you laughing and loving and, and telling jokes and playing practical jokes and, and giggling while you play? Or is it just babysit your kids with an iPad while you get out and do what you need to do because you're so stressed out and I just need a break. Listen, don't allow weariness to take you out. The Bible says choose life or death. Life is love and death is selfishness. Death is a continuum. Selfishness is the continuum. To focus on yourself is to begin to worry. To focus on yourself is to begin to allow all the temptation of the enemy to come in. It will literally render you useless. Faith, Galatians 5, 6 says, it works by love. So let's make a decision right now that I'm going to begin to dive into God's Word and I'm going to begin to develop a value. Now, love means to value. There are people listening to me today, and don't lie to me, you don't even value God, except when you get close to dying and you want to go to heaven. There's not a value of what Christ did on the cross, His death, His, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension. There hasn't even been a studying of His Word to know. And if you do not do that, Listen to me. You're going to live your life where the enemy easily tempts you out of the power of God's love. Faith worketh by love. Go ahead and try to develop your faith all you want, but you've got to love the Lord your God. You've got to value Him, appreciate Him. 1 John 4, 18, and I've got to get done here quick. Listen to this very carefully. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown love turns fear out of doors, expels every trace of terror. For, and when we understand valuing, loving God, and you recognize how much He loves you, that He's poured His love into you, you can love a billion times greater than you are because the love of God is designed to flow through you. To all you tough men out there that are hiding your anxiety, to that man that might have the barrel of his gun in his mouth right now, or maybe you repeatedly do it, trying to get up enough courage to take your own life. I've got news for you. That doesn't take courage. It takes courage to live for the people that you love around you. And I'm going to challenge you, whether it's the drugs or taking a bottle of pills, suicide is on an absolute rampage out there. Listen to me. You need to find a purpose in the middle of whatever is, is shocking you, whether it's COVID or whether it's the government's response to COVID and you just think, well, life's finished. There's just no, listen to me then get your eyes off of how you're going to live and your money and your life and your relationships and your status and your career and get it on someone else and get up right now. Make a phone call and encourage somebody else. Figure out a way to be a blessing to others. Let the love of God that is in you flow through you out and instantly you're going to sense this courage rise up within you. I have found that I'm not perfect at it, but I've found that.
In fact, I'll close up by saying this. The evidence of not growing in love for God and maturing in love is fear. Because perfect love casts out all fear. Let's live. Let's begin to look at this word love and let it recognize that first love God and it'll change every relationship. Learn to walk in love, which is outward focused, and you will begin to take on this anxiety and it won't just be a reprieve from it. You will live in courage. You will be an overcomer as the Bible says. This is the victory that overcomes the world. The anxiety in the world, the fear in the world, the worry, the stress. Christians got to stop listening to their favorite guru, New Age guru, about stress and recognize that we rise up in His love. Anyway, Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now for that this message would be driven into every heart and life and that everyone, as everyone maybe around us doesn't know how to deal with anxieties and fears, I pray the Church of Jesus Christ would rise up and share Christ. They would share the wonderful gospel of Jesus. And then, Father, this would be the greatest harvest, the greatest outreach we've ever seen in these months and years ahead, I pray in Jesus' name. Now, if you don't know Christ as your Savior and Lord, then you need to give Him permission. You need to believe on Him. The Bible says if you want to be a follower of Christ or be born again, you must believe on Jesus, which means to put your trust in Him. You don't have to understand everything. You might have tried everything else. Maybe you put your trust in your marriage. Maybe you put your trust in your business partner. Maybe you put your trust in the government. Maybe you put your trust in the doctor. I don't know. No one is worth putting your trust in until you first put your trust in Him. Just say right now, Jesus, thank you for dying in my place, for qualifying me to be in your family. Come into my heart. I choose you. I believe and put my trust in you, and I'm following you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Welcome to the family of God. That's how powerful that is. How wonderful that is.